welcome everyone to the Creative for Life podcast. I'm John Witcher, coming to you from the crossroads of America. And I'm Gordon Meyer, chatting with you from Hong Kong. Each episode, we'll be discussing Creativity for Life, sharing with you our journey of collaboration for over 30 years, the influences and inspirations that motivate us, the changes and chances that got us to where we are today. And through the successes and failures, we've always found our way forward with light, laughter, and positivity. Welcome to Creative for Life. All right, we're back. Creative for Life podcast returns for season two, where we're going to be talking about transformation. transformation. What's that mean to us, our own personal transformation, and the transformations of our guests as well? In this episode, we have special guest Hilcia Pena, Walt Disney Imagineer and architect extraordinaire, and Jamil Hyatt, who's returning to talk to us again, former Imagineer, but now transformed into writer, poet, creative. And we're going to discuss their personal transformation and how they've adjusted to living here in Hong Kong and traveling the world and all that wonderful stuff that they do. That's the first part of our discussion with them. And the second part, we're going to be discussing the 20th anniversary of 9-11. As Jamil and I were both in New York at the time, we're going to talk about what we learned from that experience and might not be what you think. We also have some great shows coming up on the podcast that we're really excited about. September 23rd, Vince Cadlebeck, creator, disruptor, Meow Wolf co-founder, transformation economy pioneer, and now spatial activations collaborator, is going to be joining us for a discussion about his personal transformation as well. And I'm sure he'll give us a little bit of background about Meow Wolf, what they're doing, opening up in Denver, but we really want to get to know Vince and what's going on with his life and his transformations. Only then to be followed by October 7th, mark it on your calendar, we have Jason Freeney, the amazing, incredibly talented, innovative artist who's brought us Dissectables. If you don't know what Dissectables are, you've probably seen it already. It's when you have like a character that's cut in half and half of it is Cookie Monster and the other half is a skeleton. Mark it on your calendar. Jason Freeney. There's a yes. great quote that I heard the other day. It's, the universe doesn't reward you for your desperation. You've really got to like believe and what you're doing. And, and when you believe in what you're doing, you're living in the moment. You're focused in on the moment. And what you did yesterday was just a step in getting to where you're at. It's a bunch of small steps that you make. And those small steps are what leads you forward in anything that you do. And to yeah. me, that's a creative process of thinking. It's not just setting the notes up and saying, I'm going to do this and doing this and doing this. It's really moving out of that logical mind and mm -hmm. really getting into that mind of faith, that mind of 
knowing yourself and, and loving that unique person that you are and following that voice inside that says, this makes me feel good, do this. And not just feel good for pleasure for the moment or whatever, but this genuinely makes me feel good when I think about helping somebody going for a run or making music or art. Those things is what we're talking about. I mean, what was really great about those first 20 episodes, we were able to reflect upon our own lives a bit, almost like catching Gosh. up with each other. And it gives all of you that are listening right now, you know, the ability to understand us better. I think that you can relate to a lot of the things that we've gone through. Yeah, sure. Not everybody like packs up their bags, moves to New York and, you know, tries to be an artist. That's not really even like a lot of the point that we're talking about too. You know, those are just the circumstances which motivate this transformation and this discovery of your life and your creativity. Because the thing that you get with creativity is not just making art or making a project. It's this self-discovery. Yeah. As great of friends as we are, having spent so much time together, the time apart, our lives were going on in different areas, sometimes different areas of the world to get to the chance to, to kind of put that back together. I think a lot about what we were doing before was like so topic based and we're trying to change from topic into yeah. like, you know, the faith in living our messages, really, you know, there's a difference yeah. between hope and faith. Faith is when you're like, completely convinced that what you're doing, what you're moving forward mm -hmm. with is the absolute. And that's what to me, creativity is, is really all about for me is like listening to that inner voice saying, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm following you. And, oh, this happened and this happened. I mm -hmm. met this person, yeah. they contacted wow. me and now I've got this happening and this happens. That's mm -hmm. not coincidence. You know, that's the absolute no. faith that you have in yourself. In my personal transformation, which I've had quite a few, but most recently I've really had a profound transformation in how I view things, my perspective. You get into this ideology of like having to be perfect all the time, that every step that you make has to be towards this growth, towards prosperity or some ridiculous notion. And I thought, why am I doing this? And why do I have to like conform to this way of thinking when everything else I do is more genuine when it comes from my heart and it comes from not having to think this logical way and just to basically open up the trash can and throw my ego into it and just say, forget it. I'm done with thinking that way. I don't want to think about that anymore. And along with throwing that in there, your insecurities, you know, your feeling of self-worth being dependent on other people telling you that you're worth this because you do this or you do that. So I've taken that and I've just said, forget it. I don't need to worry about that stuff anymore. I don't need to worry about anything at all. I just need to be in the moment living that best life that I can. It's that inner voice, you know, it's what they call, you know, your Tao. That's the path that you have to keep following. And as you know from hearing in previous episodes, I always talk about that inner voice. Well, I spent the past few months sort of trying to find and understand that a lot better. 
And in understanding this, I've listened to all sorts of people, you know, from Oprah to Martha Beck, Ram Dass, reading Siddhartha to reading things about Adler and his uh, psychology of things. I realize I'm not alone in this, you know, and that's such a huge thing. It's like, because you're looking for community in life. You're looking for other people that, you know, when you reach out, they're actually there. You don't find yourself being in this realm of thinking, am what I'm doing just like crazy? Am I just like listening to this voice and just like going off and doing this for what everyone else perceives as being selfish or whatever, when, when all I want to do is give, you know, I just want to be giving and I want to want that love and that joy that I want to be received to also be in my own heart as well. I want it to be again, part of nature and something that I realized or didn't really realize I learned was that is like our stages of life. And it's really interesting because my daughter is going through that phase in life where she's realizing she's a small part of the world, so to speak. Like she's learning her individuality and that all those things that, you know, she felt before, you know, where she was united to the family, she was united to the, to the world and to nature. The world has now influenced her way of thinking enough so that she feels I'm separate from it. I'm becoming wow. my own self. I need to find myself. Um, and she sees it everywhere. She sees everyone on their phones. She sees people, you know, acting and portraying things and like fashion and music. And everyone has this individuality that they need so bad and they have to stand out and be, you know, this this person, you know, and it's all very ego driven. And you know what? It's extremely healthy because you have to go through that to get to the other side. And that's where I'm coming from. She's going in, I'm coming out. I'm trying to reconnect with everybody else. I'm trying to reconnect with nature and trying to reconnect with myself and really find those things that drive me as being the essence of what I actually am that real person that I, that I always wanted to be. I just want to actually feel that joy and happiness with the creativity that I do and bring to other people. What it amounts to is that what we do with our creativity is just basically a vessel channeling of our energy in a really positive way that takes our life and our experience through this channel and allows other people to go through that channel with us. But what comes out of it on the other side is, is a real connection to all those people that go through the channels with us. And it really gets us attached more to the doing and the being of every moment that we have and that we share. And in that being of doing things, we have connectedness again. That's that connection that I'm talking about. It's this vehicle that, that we can employ from ourselves, you know, to share with other people. And when we talk about like monetary gains from this or whatever, that's the superficial other part. How does that connect to what we're doing and expressing and being part of it? Look at things like Meow Wolf, where they start off and they're doing these collective artworks and galleries that take months to do and plan and tons of money to do. And it's like in a gallery space and 
you know what, the gallery space is, it's not a space where everybody can like put their hundred dollars in and it goes directly to the artist, you know, it's people go and look and one person gets to own it and that's it. So something like Meow Wolf before, where they're just trying to be artists and force their way into this art world that seemingly was like they were on the outside of before. It just took, you know, a little shift in perspective and saying, hey, the only way this works is if we put all of our stuff in a permanent location and charge people to come in and experience it. Look at somebody like the Grateful Dead who they tried to make albums that were like expressing how they felt on stage, you know, these really complex jams that go on and that the albums just sort of spin into this like world of noise. And then they realized, hey, why don't we just shift the perspective on this? Why don't we like go and tour all the time, do our jams on the tour or whatever, and then we'll fulfill our legal obligations with the record company by coming in, cutting like, you know, 12 pretty short songs, pretty basic songs, and then we'll go out and jam again. And when we're doing Uncle John's band or whatever, you know, we'll jam in the middle of it for 15 minutes. And that's what we really want to do. And because it's all about connecting with our audience. So you see, it's like starting off in one place, thinking that you're connecting in one way and then coming through the other way and realizing this is how we're connecting. And this is, I think, what we've been doing with our show, John. We started off thinking we want to communicate, you know, what Greenskin Mango is about, what Jonathan Witcher is about, what Gordon Myers is about. You know, we want to share this with people and we want to get this creative movement going on. And in doing Absolutely. so, we realize a lot more about ourselves and what this journey is all about, this creative journey that we've been doing our whole lives. Absolutely. You know, as a musician, as a, as a comedian, I started in middle school band playing trombone. So 30 kids in an auditorium, probably, I don't know, 50 adults up in the, up in the stands. And it, it was kind of a neat experience. And then got into high school, played in jazz band, you know, where there was just a handful of us up on stage and um, really kind of caught the bug of being up on stage, just kind of transformed into, you know, music and comedy. And I had always thought, you know, that it was always going to be about music, always going to be about comedy. But the neat thing is that the transformation that I've gone through over the, all these years kind of led me to this. We have done so much with Greenskin Mango, our comedy, with all, all the different stuff. It's just really neat that, that it led me here. It led us here. Um, if I hadn't played that trombone in middle school band, I mean, there's a, a chance that we wouldn't be doing this right now. It kind of led me there. And people have always asked me, you know, they're like, whatever got you into music or ever got you into comedy, I'll be working with, with some comedians doing a show over the weekend or, or even through the week. And they'll be like, um, I just always thought it was kind of weird because you don't see a lot of MBAs who are comedians. And I always thought that that was kind of strange, you know, that you could label a, a certain person. You could say, this person, it's weird that you do comedy because you're an MBA. I've always just never really labeled myself as one thing. You, you do things that, that kind of create that, that love, that, that joy and creativity that you, that you really like to do. I actually enjoyed, enjoyed school. Sure, I went through a lot of business classes, but you know, I got to do a lot of other things, you know, theology classes, you know, drama, literature, you know, they want you to be well-rounded. Gosh, I, I, when I went, first went back to school, you know, I was, I was heavy into anthropology. 
just experiencing a lot. And I, I just think it's really neat that, that it led us here. Gordon, you and I talked about change. When we talk about change, there's two absolutes in our life. One is change and the other one is death. So what do you think people are most afraid of in life? Change and death. Would, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And those, and those are the only absolutes that we have. <laughs> Isn't that wild? Yeah. Best, to, best to embrace those. They say, you know, you only live once. And I love the cartoon because it says, no, you only die once. You live every day. I always thought that that was profound. Absolutely. And I mean, for some of us that believe that this is just another round in an eternal cycle of living, that you're going to come back and do this all over again until you really get your life together and start working towards making existence on this plane, you know, you know, the, the joy and happy place that it was intended to be from, you know, the beginning with a capital B. That's where this becomes really important on how you live your daily life and how you live in the moment and how you use your creativity and no matter what you do, because creativity is not just making the painting or doing the artwork or the way that you think for a project or whatever. It's, it's actually really mm -hmm. none of that stuff. That's just, that's just the end result. The creativity is what goes on in the middle. Mm -hmm. The creativity is like how you start to begin and approach things. And how do you approach things? I'm making this to bring joy to people. Where we're going from here is a really beautiful journey. We're getting to that point where we're just saying, I want more than reality. You know, I want more than what my senses and what my thinking mind and my expectations are telling me. You know, I want to be able to do things in the zone. Once we cross that threshold together, you know, and like everything that we do and everything that we touch, you know, becomes part of that step. And I think, John, I really do believe. We'll get to I, have, I have this faith that we're actually on that right now and, and things are, yeah. are falling into place, which, which we could never have imagined a year ago. That's yeah. why we put this into place a year ago. You know, we, had, we started the website a year ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. From that moment, you know, we started reaching out. Yeah. We've talked about transformations in a previous episode. We had originally thought of maybe doing a blog and yeah. we were uh, WeChatting, doing a video chat and you were like, hey, wouldn't it be amazing to do a podcast? You're mm -hmm. like, would you be interested in trying that? That's how we got here. With what we're doing now with our podcast and, and talking about creativity, I think before when we were doing this, when we were being a little bit topical, we were sort of at this point where we were almost waiting for something to happen from what we were doing. We put this out. Now let's see if like something's going to come back to us. You know, when the realization I think came about later as we were moving and it's where we're at right now for sure is we're not waiting yeah. for things to happen. We're doing it in our actions of doing things that stems from our intuitive nature and in connecting. This is what's mm -hmm. happening right now. John and I have our quote notes we're kind of looking at, but how we actually communicate together. That's what makes the show. That's what actually makes what me and John are doing valuable to us as well is because when 
me and him are, con- are connecting and we're really on, that's what we get out of this show. You know, we've been best friends for 30 years or more. You know, yeah. this is our connection and this is our love and our joy doing this and bringing it to you. It's fantastic to have this. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can't even begin to explain. We connected through music, but for us all these years later to be doing this and, and still connecting and, and still learning and, and still doing so much of this, it's just, just really uh, priceless. I mean, the, the genuine things of, of how we felt about life in general and where we lived and where we were coming from and our ability or in it, inabilities to be able to connect with people, to be able to reach people when, you know, we're, we're trying so hard to send out, you know, like this message of joy and love and how difficult it is for people to just accept that. We come from yeah. this place of like wanting to be very different and very unique and hoping that would bring joy to people's lives when a lot of people didn't want that. Mm-hmm. They want exactly what they want. You know, they, they have yeah. this thing set in their head. And if you're not what they want to see, then, you know, then you're no good to them. And, and something also that, that you told me a long time ago was, you know, to become comfortable in my own skin. Mm-hmm. A, a, a lyric that always stuck out to me was, I think it's uh, Counting Crows. When everybody loves me, I will never be lonely. And that is mm-hmm. just so not true. It's, it's, you have to be able to you know, live in your own skin and, and be comfortable with yourself. Anything that's a collaborative effort between mm-hmm. creatives, you're going to have this friction, you know, the expectation of it being like this from the start. And you've got to drop so much stuff to be collaborative, truly collaborative mm-hmm. and work with people. You've got to drop your ego down a lot. You know, Absolutely. you've got to be able yeah. to raise your ability, though, to like really connect and really understand the goal that you're going towards and how you connect with the other person. And I think what we always did with like Greenskin Mango One is that we didn't have egos about any of this stuff. You know, no. we did it for the sheer joy of making music and like creating abso- weirdness was, or whatever it was you know it was absolutely fun oh my gosh yeah and, and yeah and it would irritate the facilities that would have yeah. us play because they yeah. were always like they can't we can't classify you what are we supposed who are we supposed to put you with you have a reggae song you have a death metal song mm-hmm. you have an alternative song you have this really dreamy kind of beatles kind of thing they're like who are we even supposed to put you with <laughs> right but And that's all part of, you know, where expectation becomes the opposite of creativity. When you have expectation and and knowing what Mm -hmm. something's going to be, you've really limited, you know, the effects of of creativity. And you had a grasp of that at a very young age, I think, Gordon, truthfully. (laughs) I don't know about that. I I think that (laughs) I came from a very, like, what you see and, and what you reproduced to look exactly like it that's that's your merit of being a good artist it, it took me a long long time to actually feel, figure out you know what real creativity was because that wasn't creativity that was just being a xerox machine you know i remember one time you handed me a paintbrush and you were like paint next to me just paint what comes to your mind and i, I enjoyed that so much because and it was really funny because your stuff would like blow mine away having you paint next to me and not having any idea what would come out was from, so <laughs> from your thoughts, from your expression yeah. of how you did things yeah. was like, that was really rewarding <laughs> for me to learn from because 
and I, and I will, and I did learn a lot from that. You know, I learned so much. I mean, it's like, I think that was like where a lot of my thinking and artwork changed and allowing just sort of randomness to happen. Which, that was really wild. Yeah. yeah I, I enjoyed that so much. My gosh. Wow. With transformations too, it can take a long time because, you know, truthfully, um, I wanted to start doing comedy in probably 1993, but I never really yeah. had the courage to do it until probably, oh, I don't know, 20, <laughs> 2015. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Right. You know, it takes a lot more than just wanting something for it to happen. Just trust what you feel. You know, if it makes you smile, that's probably the way to go. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Thanks, everybody. And make sure to stay tuned for our next episode where we have Hilcia Pena and Jamil Hyatt joining us to tell us about their transformations. Become a subscriber to Creative for Life on all your favorite streaming platforms and check out the podcast notes for more links and info. You can also visit our website at greenskinmango.com for our awesome streetwear, eclectic music, and comedy. Go be creative. Go be creative.